0: Well, it
1: feels a little bit like the Rocky Horror Picture Show here because we are doing the time work again because we're recording episodes out of order. Who knows what's going on? So throw your hot dogs at the screen and we'll get this <laughs> sorted out eventually. But for now, my name is Scott Reed and I'm joined on this episode by
0: Mike Atchison and Chad Schubert. And of
1: course, this is the official podcast for Muddy Monster Comics located at 1422 Walnut Street in Murfreesboro, Illinois. But I'm I'm stepping on the big news. The big news of the week is that our own Mike Atchison has his very own podcast, and the first episode has been posted online. Mike, what do you want to say?
2: <laughs> I thought the big news was going to be something about Henry
1: Cavill. <laughs> oh, you think that's bigger news than? The, oh, I, the yeah, that's Mike probably Atchison bigger news. <laughs> yeah. Roadshow, or as you like to call it, Mike's yeah. comic book shop road show or whatever it is (laughs) comic shop show i don't even know what it is i don't even care because it will always be the mike atchison road show
2: yeah well for the listeners it's a (laughs) spinoff podcast uh, of campus comics cast and it is taking me taking advantage of my travels where i already was stopping in comic shops all over the country and sometimes outside the country and uh so what i'm doing is arranging in advance when i can to interview the comic shop owner or a manager or someone and get a little bit of um, a history of the store what they specialize in just uh you know 10 15 20 minute uh interview i ask them for a recommendation uh for reading uh when they give it to me then i buy it to support the store and i read it and review it and even though this kind of was like my thought of being a solo endeavor i've learned that i i enjoy probably hang you know doing it with other cast members so the first episode's out now and scott and shad are both on there with me and they read the uh uh the book that was recommended recommended by the owner of our own hometown shop muddy monster comics um mike no the owner he recommended sheriff of babylon and so it's uh this episode's up on the Mike's Comic Shop Roadshow feed, uh, which the Earl to that, as Scott uh has
1: explained also known
0: as the URL. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I always I say didn't... Earl. <laughs> I, I I thought he was mispronouncing oil.
2: <laughs> Earl. I need to change the Earl. Uh,
0: the URL
2: is posted on our uh campus comics cast Facebook page. Yeah, and so, eventually,
1: it will show up in iTunes and all of the other uh, podcast or most of the other podcast apps. Um, but that's going to take a little bit of time for it to populate out that way. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> all right. So what? To, who's what's episode number two going to be? Just to give people a preview. Uh, it's
2: going to be the um, sheriff of
1: uh... not sheriff of Babylon. No, Nottingham. I
2: know I mean, it's going to be Nottingham, which I was thinking Sheriff of Nottingham, but it's just Nottingham, <laughs> and it's uh it's written by uh, an Australian-born uh, creator, uh, and I happened to be in Australia, Sydney, Australia, for work, and I got to go to a shop that was their recommendation. So, uh, and I think I brought that book back for both of you guys, right? Yes, you did. you
1: did. I can see it sitting right over there on the floor, so yeah, in my two All read right. files. So, and what's the name of the shop in Australia? King's Comics. Okay, all right.
2: Good. Very well it's done shop. Your,
1: your second trip to the King's Comics that I'm aware of. So.
2: Yeah, the first time it was it was in a different location, but this wow. location is fantastic. Um, maybe we can even post some of the pictures that I took on our Facebook page of the shop. Yeah,
1: so that, we could do that. That can yeah. that can happen. So. Okay. So well, <laughs> so in slightly smaller news, um, in case you missed it, <laughs> Henry Cavill is definitely out unfortunately in my opinion as superman for the dcu for the um for the extended future now they didn't eliminate the possibility of him coming back down the road but it appears that james Gunn' idea for the character now is to kind of go back to his early days so they're going to cast somebody younger uh, in that role instead of Henry cavill uh, to me that's i i i'm I, upset's not the right word. I guess disappointed. I'm really, really disappointed by that. Um, I was looking forward to Henry Cavill uh, being back after Black Adam. But I think um, the what I, the information that I've read is that Dwayne Johnson pushed a little too hard to get Cavill back in for that little cameo at the end. Mm. And apparently he stepped on some toes and now they're just trying to, you know, trying to take control back. Uh, but it appears that James Gunn and, and Henry Cavill are left on good terms, at least. And it didn't take Cavill long to, uh, to get a new show either. <laughs> right.
2: Is <laughs> well, he going it, back to Witcher?
1: Uh, no. He is going to do Warhammer.
2: Oh, so, okay. Wow. Yeah. So
1: apparently Henry Cavill's a huge Warhammer, uh, uh, gamer. So this is like, uh, you know, he has like a few dream jobs and, um, uh, Yeah. So this possibly James Bond, of course, you know, he's available now for Bond as well. And and he is British. So
2: and um, he's he's a pretty versatile actor. So I in a way, yeah, I'm like you. I'm disappointed because I I thought his his tenure as Superman was far from finished and there could have been another movie or two. Yeah. Um, But I do understand the idea that. It's the character, not the actor that prevails um that's the most important thing but i mean somebody who's done the the job as as well as he has it's hard to see him go on the other hand or not on the other hand actually in another what you said about maybe james gunn or dc in general sort of reestablishing their position i don't blame him for that because the rock everything i read he kind of leveraged his way Into doing what he wanted to do, and if they didn't kind of get the controls back, it could have gotten worse, and I don't know that that would have been a good path either, so there's a lot to find out, a lot to learn um, in the coming years about these DC movies, so Mm -hmm. we'll just have to trust, trust in Mr. Gunn
1: and the other guy <laughs> and the
2: other guy i
0: know i could i couldn't think of his name either
1: Stephen something is it steven peter
0: something? saffron okay man i'm not even yeah. close yeah <laughs> well and uh it was also just announced uh looks like about an hour ago as of recording this that uh dwayne johnson has said that a black adam sequel is not part of the next phase of dc either
1: so. well that's not a surprise at all
0: no not at all
1: well, I, well black adam was okay speaking of time warps wasn't that the is that the episode that we i skipped no it was yeah it was yeah that's, so when i don't in the intro about uh about uh episodes being out of order i forgot to post our black adam uh secret invasion episode so we'll be talking about black adam so we won't say too much about that but it was okay <laughs> yeah but it's not enough to you know continue the the dc universe as it is and i think it's box office was not what they were expecting No. So. Yeah. Um, I, oh, some other things that I saw, um, uh, Mike. You might be interested in this. Um, Anne Rice's Mayfair Witches is set to de- debut on AMC in January.
2: Oh, you're kidding me! Oh my gosh, I didn't. You know, as much as I was looking forward to and talked about it, when I, I don't know what episode we were talking, we were looking at some of the. Maybe it was the virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was a San Diego Comic Con where they. Mm-hmm. Talked about some shows coming yes. out, and they had the interview with the vampire, and I thought, that looks great. Guess what? Haven't even started watching it. No. <laughs> now, the Vampire Chronicles are second uh, of Anne Rice's works. They're second only to the Mayfair witches. And, Chad, if you remember, I told you about the mm-hmm. the, um, the the witching hour was the first yep. book. It's, it's just marvelous, and I didn't know that, so I will definitely have to um, – I'll be more likely to to watch that than probably the Vampire Chronicles. Hmm. And it's, you said AMC?
1: AMC. Okay, according to this is a, I'm in the Key Collector app. <clears throat> the series debut is set for January 8th, 2023 on AMC, AMC Plus, Sundance TV, we TV, and BBC America. Okay and wow. i missed this alert this actually happened yesterday as we were recording apparently aftershock has filed for bankruptcy the comic publisher oh wow yeah and it's... they had several um like they had a few properties that were you know up for like film or tv probably the one that i would say would be most prevalent would be undone by blood which at uh, one time had uh oh, gosh! From Walking Dead, Daryl. Uh, okay,
0: Norman Reedus.
1: Norman Reedus. I couldn't come up with his first name. That's why I, I was struggling <laughs> with his first name. I had the Reedus part. I couldn't come up with Norman for some reason or another. Had him attached to it, and then it also has uh 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 Danny Cates, Donny Cates, Donny Cates. I'm terrible with names tonight. Apparently, um, <laughs> baby teeth, which is like his one of his first popular Mm. books so yeah so apparently aftershock has filed the bankruptcy and this was announced again again on clz uh december 19th so um okay i don't know anything else news-wise you guys want to talk about or
2: no i'm I'm just i'm really surprised about uh aftershock i they they usually put out pretty quality books and they get good creators Mm -hmm. um I would have expected another company or two to, well, maybe they are. They're just dying a slower death like Valiant yes. or IDW.
1: Of course, bankruptcy in and it of itself doesn't mean that the company's done. That means they're just filing for bankruptcy protection. Sure. So right. unlike maybe like, you know, Valiant, which is who I think you're referring to, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, they are on the slow death uh, spiral, you know, apparently. Yeah. So. yeah. Hmm. All right. So in this episode, not that we aren't already into this episode, but what we're going to talk about is we did a retro uh, retro watch of Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Then the uh, mini deaths of Layla Starr. Is that right? Do I even have the yes. title right? Okay, that is you. correct. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then of course we're going to wrap up this episode with the CLZ shake. Now I assume I'm well. I would have assumed that anybody. Who would be a part of this podcast or listen to this podcast would have already seen Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. But little did I know that I was wrong. <laughs> it's only two thirds of us that had actually ever seen this before. And I'll leave it to the listener to guess who hadn't uh, <laughs> seen uh, seen Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, previously. It has to
2: be Shad because I don't think he
1: was born yet when it
2: came
0: That's out. true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did mess up. I thought when suggesting this was that this would be the 30th anniversary and plus we would be in kind of in mourning of Kevin Conroy. Right. It's the 29th where I'm a year off. It's oh. the 29th anniversary Oh, okay. oh no! is well, December 25th. The
1: Kevin Conroy. Uh, Absolutely. Of it. So, so we'll give you that. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> um well, let me, just, let me just start with a pseudo-synopsis that I just, from memory, and again, that's probably a mistake, me doing any of this from memory this evening. I uh, got your okay. back. You got my back? All right, good. Mm-hmm. So, All right, so Batman, Master of the Phantasm. All right, the mob in Gotham is under attack. Early indications point to Batman having crossed a line and is now killing mobsters instead of sending them to jail. But of course, we know that that is not the case. A new mysterious figure is in Gotham, and they are behind the killings. Coincidentally... An old flame of Bruce Wayne's, Andrea Beaumont, returns to Gotham. We learned in flashbacks that as Bruce has, uh, had returned back to Gotham after all of his training and was ready to take on the mantle of the Batman, uh, that he actually almost gave it all up to marry Andrea. But Andrea's father's mob connections forced him to flee the country. Uh, later on, in comes the Joker, who at the behest of the mob is set to track down and kill the Batman. But the Batman, or but the Joker learns it isn't bats doing the killing, but instead the Phantasm. In a climatic fight scene in an abandoned amusement park or a World's Fair exhibit, Phantasm is revealed as Andrea Beaumont, who has learned that Joker is the one responsible for the death of her father. Uh, Batman intervenes and attempts to stop Andrea from killing Joker, but the two both appear to die in a in a fiery crash. Uh, but, but later, back in the Batcave, we see that Andre had left a locket uh, with their photos um, to let Bruce know that she was still alive. Okay, so real quick synopsis. We obviously could write a multi-page synopsis of that movie, but I think I hit a lot of the a lot of the high points anyway. So, um, Shad, initial thoughts um, on Batman Massive Phantasm.
0: I, I like that we spent a lot of time with some more year one-y kind of things, which I don't remember it happening much in the actual animated series. Uh, we were kind of just like off to the races going through and kind of living life day to day. Uh, so getting the flashbacks to more year one things, seeing where the original like Batmobile design seeing or like kind of where that came from from the World's Fair in at, at least this world, uh, designing the suit, making decisions about like how Batman needs to interact in order to not be close to people and not let anybody get too close to them, and then just the overall—I I love a, a, a Batman story against the crime families more than I do against mm-hmm. the the big uh, villains. Mm-hmm. You know, so so having this mostly taking place against Batman versus mobsters uh, was was also one of my favorite parts about it.
2: And over the years, a lot of the traditional villains that of Batman's rogues gallery have sort of gravitated or more, they've become more of a crime family right, yeah. type villain. You think of the Penguin, mm-hmm. you think, of course, in this, the Joker, we'll talk about that. Um, you know, they, they all, I mean, Harvey Dent, Two-Face, you know, they all mm-hmm. have sort of a you know the the crime family or the corruptions uh the corruption in the city um is one of their main elements if you're not certifiably insane and in arkham <laughs> there's a good chance you are tied to the the underworld in gotham
1: yes um i and of course mike now you were the one who had not actually seen this prior to us watching this yeah. for this episode so yeah. um how do you I mean, how do you feel about this episode, or of this episode, about this, uh, about Master of the Phantasm, like, as a, as a, not even a modern Batman story?
2: Well, the hot take I had was, I thought, I I thought the style and the moodiness of it was really good. Um, the setting was the 40s, and you, you got that feel for it. Um, I do think the flashbacks happened a little bit too often, and it made it drag for me a bit, but um you needed those flashbacks to show hey,
1: the movie was only 80 minutes how could it drag <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's
2: just it did it just did mm. uh i mean it i said a, a bit not much but it okay. i think you're like wait a second but i think you needed those flashbacks probably to understand the how torn bruce wayne was about whether he wanted to move on as batman or to settle down um as Bruce Wayne with this woman that he's fallen in love with. A lot of angsty stuff, which is something you don't normally see with Bruce Wayne. I mean, to the idea of him being at his parents' grave and saying, do I really need to do this? And he's just torn up over it. I thought that was really pretty moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you mentioned there, Shad, about it being... You know, it's good to see this Batman Year One stuff. Well, I think it takes elements from Batman Year One, but this is actually based off of a story arc called Batman Year Two um, okay. that was, I don't know, put out. Mm-hmm. By, I don't know who the even who wrote. I know Alan Davis was the artist um, of much of it, if not all. It was like Detective... The, uh, like a five or six issue run in detective comics so but the yeah. the villain wasn't phantasm he was called the reaper so i actually pulled those comics out of my collection so i could reread that yeah. and just kind of compare to this show okay but to, but to answer you scott i i mean my i don't have many animated movies to compare it to uh, i just don't haven't watched many it's not because it it's i don't want to it's just because i don't ever i just never prioritized it but this does kind of make me want to go go ahead and watch you know the batman the animated series and a brave and a bold and and some other ones that i've heard were really done well
1: so well the animated series is oh gosh several seasons so you be you'd be uh, dig yourself quite a, you know, quite a yeah. lot, of, quite a hole to, to get through all those episodes. <laughs> I
2: just need to retire completely and I have all the right. time to yeah. do
1: Yeah, of have all, the, have time, all yeah. the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not no, have to worry about lacking time for that, so.
0: When you were talking about Batman being at the gravesite, I thought one of the things, I don't know if they show a lot and in, in any medium is Batman being at the Wayne gravesite was, was kind of, uh something i don't remember it was like oh i like that that image of of him at the gravestone instead of bruce yeah. being at the, at the gravesite um i'm sure it's been done but it, it doesn't seem like it it's not overly done and and that uh, it my probably
2: eye. It, it's risky obviously in this movie right. uh, he got kind of caught <laughs> he did <laughs> yeah yeah he's like oops what am i doing here and he runs off like
0: <laughs> um I thought, I that thought was yeah, funny. yeah, Andrea Andrea Beaumont figuring out that she's like Bruce when it was Batman's like, is that realistic that she would have went that connection right away? But like yeah. she figured out the, the greatest detective secret, like not too quick and not didn't I take her long. I, I would say that she was probably as
1: close to Bruce Wayne as anybody short that's of true. Alfred
0: was, yeah. you know, and I
1: think that's kind of the point that they were trying to make with that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's that's I mean, my argument for
2: and of, he was standing in, in front of the grave i don't know <laughs> how long he was there um but as we learned early on in the movie her mother's grave is not too far from right. bruce's parents it's where they the first grave. met yeah of course, of
0: course yeah it's course. and that's met.
1: a that's a something different from the comics and that the, the the wayne's graves are on wayne manor in the comics correct mm-hmm. oh, yeah 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 so that's a little different there but that's you know nitpicking right there so um, yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the cast for this? I was actually surprised going back at some of the some of the names that were attached to this. Um, of course, yeah. obviously, we're, we're, we watched this because of Kevin Conroy voicing mm-hmm. uh, Batman, but Dana Delaney was the voice of Andrea Beaumont. Mm-hmm. Um, Stacey Keach, they had a different voice actor for the Phantasm portion, so yeah. It was Stacey Keach, um, which was kind of in- interesting. And of course, Abe Vigoda for all of the fish uh, fish yeah um <laughs> barney miller uh, barney miller thank you barney miller uh fans you know he was that he was uh salvatore uh valestra here in this one and then of course mark hamill uh, as the Joker, he had an extended. He and Kevin Conroy, both both had an extended stay in in this series uh, for Batman and and the Joker. And are lots of other names I'm sure you'd you'd recognize or actors that you would recognize as well. So they didn't skimp on the voice actors for this for sure. No, they didn't.
2: Abe Vigoda, I, I always loved him anyway, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I didn't realize he was the voice of I even of of Salvatore Velester But he, if I hadn't got on so late tonight recording i was going to change my name on skype to <laughs> south weezer because i think it's hilarious because he <laughs> he really was the weezer he'd get excited and he couldn't catch his breath
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um so i one thing that i really appreciate about it, this is one even you know, however many years later, it's been 29 years, right? Chad? 29, yep. 20, 29, 29 <laughs> years later. Uh, I think this story still holds up really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really, really solid storytelling. It's it, even though it's in a kid's show, I consider it mature storytelling. Yeah. Uh, There's there really is no dumbing anything down uh, mm-hmm. for a younger audience. Um, I think this would, you know, fit well in a modern, if this was just being introduced now as a storyline, Uh, in a comic, I think it's something that I would enjoy. Uh, so I, you know, and rewatching it, that's always like the, the, the death knell for me for something that I remember from many, many years ago, coming, revisiting it and saying, oh, this was so good. And then you watch it again. It's like, what was I thinking? But no, that, that's not the case here for Mask of the Phantasm. It holds up exceptionally well. Um, so I was, yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like I watch it about every five or six years, So just eventually I'll get a little craving and I'll just put it in. So it's like the fourth or fifth time that I've seen it. Um, So it's, it's a
0: really, really, really solid, uh, solid show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Definitely. The, uh, the only, there was one thing and I, I, maybe I've missed it every time I watched it. Do they ever call her the mask of the phantasm or the phantasm? Does that word ever get uttered? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either because I yeah. typically watch things with subtitles on. They're just always mm-hmm. on, and and uh, and I don't remember seeing that word come across the screen at all, nor hearing it. Yeah, I think no. you're right.
1: Yeah, I I don't think so either. So, um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, you could um, you can nitpick a few things, like very early uh, in the show, say like the phantasm is in Gotham, right, and then. Andrea Beaumont flies into Gotham, right? Because we actually see her on the plane flying into Gotham. And it's like, okay, so she was in Gotham, she left and then flew back in, right? Because she wanted to, I guess she's trying to be the way to cover your tracks. Yeah, cover your tracks. Right. But there wouldn't be (laughs) a plane ticket or anything. I guess they weren't tracking stuff. This is, you know, pre 9-11. So maybe the TSA wasn't tracking as heavily. (laughs) Were there
2: were there any hints that would lead you to believe Andrea was the Phantasm
1: early on? Gosh, I'm trying to think if there was anything. It's kind of hard, you know, watching. Once you know the mystery. Yeah. Comparing it to like the first time that you saw it. Um, other than the, it's just a little bit too coincidental, you know, that she shows yeah. up at the same time. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know that it was even really intended to be too big of a surprise,
0: you know? Uh, the dad's a good, like, red herring, though, when she, mm-hmm. when she yeah. says that it's her dad. Yeah. And I, I I like that. It, in, yeah. the, like, it makes you even, like, if you haven't seen it in a while, you go, maybe I am misremembering and it is her dad. And then... Then you're like, oh, no, I was right. It is her. (laughs) And her her
2: dad had the build. I mean, he was as as broadly broad shouldered as uh, Bruce Wayne was. So I thought, well, that's definitely could be him. But in in hindsight, after the reveal that she was the Phantasm, I thought, okay. early on, she showed her judo skills or jujitsu or whatever Mm -hmm. by taking down Bruce Wayne in their little match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, okay, well, she's got some skills, so that, yeah. I should have maybe been clued in a bit there, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs>
1: the, the one thing, I guess the big thing is, whenever there's a character that I feel like is as pop, but the, I think this movie is, was pretty popular, and it's still pretty popular with people mm-hmm. who have seen it. I think most people like this character, the Phantasm. We knew that the Phantasm didn't actually die at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. right? And... How often has this character showed up in actual comics, right All right. okay, so we got the Master of the phantasm adaption, right, which mm-hmm. is this the first comic book appearance. Yeah. There was a Batman animated series which had I haven't actually read it, but on the cover, it's the Joker in the phantasm costume, okay, so I guess it's the first non movie adaption appearance, but it's still in the animated series universe right i and then the first actual potentially DCU appearance was in Batman Catwoman by Tom King. Wow. Oh, so really As wow. far as I know, this this character as awesome as this character is has hardly ever been used inside of the DC universe. And I don't I'm asking the question why. And it right. may be good because I don't know, the use in Batman Catwoman was just nonsense. Um I was really disappointed in that. Hmm. But um um yeah, I just it, you would feel like that this character would be used a lot or brought back up. Maybe it's would introduce too big of a change into Bruce Wayne's history um, that yeah. would create some continuity issues. But they're not worried about continuity anymore. But they
2: really didn't build any motivation for the Phantasm to be an ongoing villain. I mean, everything he slash she did was vengeance related, and there <laughs> yeah. wasn't like. And I mean, it's not to say that they couldn't come yeah. up with a new story, but well,
1: yeah, well, don't forget the Joker died <clears throat> in his first appearance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So initial motivation, you know, was is, is not yeah. necessarily uh, uh, anything that would keep them from bringing the character back. So. Well, <laughs> and also
0: the fact that the Joker killed her father and mm-hmm. is presumably still alive afterwards as as much as she is. And uh to have her come back every once in a while in just a plot to try to kill the Joker would, Joker. would kind of be entertaining. It would be like, All right, and, you know, somebody's trying to kill the Joker again, oh it's the phantasm. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda of like those episodes of Pink Panther,
1: you know, where Peter Seller's yes. just running around the apartment <laughs> waiting for his servant to jump out and do karate on him, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> I haven't thought of that in a long time. <laughs> oh gosh okay um i don't know did anybody else have anything they want to add on this other notes that you that you've got
2: so i did just look it up uh detective comics 575 through 578 is batman year two yes and that's the reaper storyline if anyone wants to dig those issues out they're probably on the dc infinite app um i would think um but it might give you a little bit of a comparison i'm going to definitely read it um,
1: yeah and it predates five years um before the mm-hmm. uh, mask of the phantasm so yeah i'll have to check that out because I, I don't think i've ever read year Oh, oh it's got right, i mean actually, it's, no, it's got a topic todd, Mc, todd mcfarland art on
2: the second issue has yeah. mcfarland cover i just don't remember who um who did the Art interiors the whole time. I thought it was Alan Davis. Alan Davis,
1: Paul Neary, Alfredo Alcala, Mark Farmer, and Todd McFarlane.
2: Oh, my goodness. That is is an all-star team of artists right there.
1: Okay. Well, maybe we should make a note and read this for a future episode. Yeah, I have my copy right here. Okay. All right. Good deal. So, Shad, take a note.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will do that. (laughs)
1: Uh, all right well we want to i don't know we want to grade this we want to yeah let's grade it yeah so all right mike since you were the this was your first watching of this i'd like to hear what your grade is well (laughs) he's struggling
2: it's 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 you know you always want you want something to compare it to so i feel like i'm being unfair by grading it too low but my initial grade, I'd say give it a six five
1: wow, okay, so fine plus huh
2: fine plus um I think if I was you know a a constant or a uh animated feature watcher, I'd be able to have a little bit better comparisons and maybe grade it higher you know it, it's it so you're you know, down can so I you change it I'm gonna animated. change it. What's that? So you're
1: downgrading it because it's animated. Just because it does that
2: doesn't appeal to me as much as other things.
1: So, so a person who reads comic books is going to downgrade something that's drawn. I just want to be clear.
2: The, well, <laughs> I, I think there is a a huge <laughs> distinction between comic books and animated features. Okay, all right. Huge. The art is can't be as detailed as rich as a comic book, but. Um, again, I'm just trying to be honest here. I, I'm going to go ahead and bump it up to seven because I think maybe I'm not being fair to, you know, to the genre. So how about that? Seven, mark okay. it down, lock it in.
0: All right. Lock it in. All right. Shad, <laughs> what about you? Um, I would probably say this is, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Batman animated series, uh, fan. And this was just like, oh, I was glad I got to revisit this. Uh, for for homework for the show, uh, so I'd say a 9.0, very fine, near mint. Uh, for me, it's solid story, is just as good as I remember it, and definitely makes me compare the animated movies that come out now. And I think they're they are getting better at them now. But the new wave of especially like DC animation stuff that they started putting out, you know, five ten years ago. It's just overly digitized, and this being that that hand-drawn animation is just a nice, refreshing revisit. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I am 100% with you on that grade. I also have it down as a 9.0, very fine near mint. To me, it is absolutely something that anybody who's a Batman fan needs to watch. Right. They they need to be aware of this, even if I have watched very few episodes of the animated series. I still really, really enjoy this movie. You don't have to know anything about the animated series to enjoy this movie. It stands on its own. Uh, It does, though, make me want to go back sometimes and watch the animated series. I had to stop myself because then I'll be in that for once you you start. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to get through all those episodes. And I don't know, maybe. You know, next time I buy a huge collection, maybe I'll start it and get through the majority of it as Mm -hmm. I bag and board. But uh, yeah, but anybody who's a fan of Batman uh, should absolutely see this. (laughs) All right. So any last thoughts? Nope. Nope. All right. Mike, you want to give us so we're going to talk about the many deaths of Layla Starr. Mike, you want to give us the back cover rundown of what this series is about?
2: Absolutely. So uh, this is the uh, solicitation uh, summary of this book, The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, and it's humanity is on the verge of discovering immortality. As a result, the avatar of death is cast down to Earth to live a mortal life in Mumbai as 20 something year old Layla Starr. Struggling with her newfound mortality, Layla has found a way to be dropped into time and place where the creator of immortality will be born. Will Layla take her chance to stop mankind from permanently altering the cycle of life, or will death really become a thing of the past? That's the question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: all right, anybody got a hot take on this?
0: Ooh, a hot take. Uh, well, just some some credits. Uh, written by Ram V, mm-hmm. uh, which is the reason why we read we read this in the first place is that Ram V's name has come up quite a bit in the DC catalog, mm-hmm. um, more than anything as of late. And it was like, okay, well, let's see, uh, what one of his creator-owned uh, books looks like. And it's, uh, it's
1: funny. I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you. It's funny. Yeah. Like on the covers of the book, they'll sometimes put like the the creators' credits. And yeah. Sometimes they only put the last name. So you will periodically just see V, v. on the on the <laughs> on the cover of some DC
0: books. <laughs> yes. And the art is uh by Felipe and Andrade. Andrade, yep. Andrade. Um and I don't know uh, Captain Marvel, I guess, is is the only credit we've got for Felipe. Um at, at least on the on the solicit for that. Yeah. And the the uh, issue one synopsis is, is pretty much exactly as the the overview, the back cover uh, for the whole trade. But just to kind of go through a little bit more in depth of, of issue one. So uh, we start off, we are introduced to this woman who's in labor in traffic. Um, and we're kind of setting up all of our, I guess, characters that are coming through. Uh, while While they're in traffic, we also see this young woman who's at a party, uh, who is our titular character, Layla Starr. And then we also meet Death, who is in the heavens, I guess, but it's kind of like a office workplace, and uh, Death is being called into her boss's office. Uh, and she's being terminated because they have discovered, as the synopsis said, uh, just, there's, there's someone who's being born that will be creating immortality. And so death will, death services will no longer be needed mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, death is being terminated and, uh, works out to where, uh, death will then return to earth, uh, to live out their life, uh, as it seems. And so all while this is happening, uh, the, the woman who's pregnant is, is in the hospital, And our young woman Layla is uh, from the party is jumps or falls off of the building. I I don't
1: think she jumps. I think it's implied that she jumps. It's implied
0: that she jumps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and all at that same time, death is being cast down to Earth and death takes the body of Layla star. And so she goes to the hospital to meet this creator of immortality that is being born, uh, from the woman who's in labor. Uh, so all of our characters quickly line up in this first issue. And, um uh, and she decides, Layla decides that she is not, maybe doesn't want to kill this kid that she originally was planning on killing. And at that time she gets caught, uh, as being in the hospital where she's not supposed to be. Runs out of the hospital and gets hit by a bus and dies. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and then uh, we see that Layla is being resurrected by. Um, I don't know if we get his name right away, do we? I don't um, think so, no.
2: He's the god of life, though. It's, um,
0: piranha. Or is Par- that how you, Parna. Par- <laughs> Parna. Yeah, piranha. Pr-
2: not Piranha, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Parna. Uh, who has brought Layla Layla slash death back? Uh, and we see that it has been eight years since Layla got hit by the bus. That Parna has has uh, Prana, pra- Prana, <laughs> <What> is- <laughs>
2: <It's> prana.
1: <laughs>
0: prana has brought Layla back to life.
1: <laughs> yep, I think you know one thing that I'm not familiar with, like uh, Hindu, I. I guess it, to me this would be considered Hindu mythology, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not really familiar with Hindu mythology, so like I'm not super familiar. I think I've seen like the three-headed god and 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 things before, but I didn't really, you know, the, you know, they have uh, death before she becomes Layla is the multi-armed, um, yes, you know, multi-armed character. I, I again, it's just not something I'm familiar with. So that's kind of a, it's in a different.
2: That would be Shiva uh, is the thank you. multi-armed <laughs> one, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, yes, I'm not even like you. Uh, you see I'm not like super familiar with with this uh with this mythology, so um it's uh that was kind of a different setting for telling a story for me which did help uh increase my interest. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, having some you know, if you're going to have a story like this that delves into death and the afterlife and the a pantheon of gods it's kind of refreshing to see something from the eastern hemisphere and mm-hmm. it's it's just familiar enough to be like you and me scott to go Man, i know there's that multi-armed god in the hindu faith and i don't mm-hmm. know the name and um yeah but i i did i was just looking at um shiva is, it's not exactly the god of death but it's he's the god that destroys the universe in order to create it so or in order to recreate it so that has you know now that i see that it kind of has a i don't know has a sort of some application here in this story because yeah. some of this is talking about the cycle of life not just beginnings and endings um yeah i I mean, I'm gonna get this out of the way and I'm not gonna say it again. The only thing that really, really turns me off about this story is the art.
1: Mm-hmm. I just oh, cannot my deal really with these,
2: I cannot deal with these noses. What is wrong with these noses <laughs> on these people?
1: Um, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the art either. Um, I you know, obviously it's way better than I would be capable of doing, but it's uh, it's just not a style that You know, it doesn't really appeal to me either. So I'm right there with you. on. I mean,
2: it's just a stylized and I Mm -hmm. and honestly, maybe this is a credit to how good the artist is, is eventually I got past it and I I enjoyed the storytellings, how they go from panel to panel and how the story flows is more important than particular styles. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I just but I wanted to get that out of the way. That's the part that didn't. It was just a little bit too Raleigh Rossmo, a little bit, you know, these long kind of gangly figures. But again, that's it was it. it it's a credit to the artist, um, the artist's skills and the story itself to for me to overcome that, I think. So anyway, but I what I really liked on that first scene where where she's called up to, you know, the prime god. The guy, the with the multi more more than one mm-hmm. face, um, I just thought some of the design work was awesome. That guy, he's got a huge head on a little body, got a little like a butterfly flying over his head or something. Um, yeah, I, I I really dug that. But I it started off really well. I thought this first issue was pretty had a pretty good hook to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially the uh, herd getting hit by the bus, like, right away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everything that just ha- kind of happens comes together really quick, and it's just like, and then her being brought back, and it's like, it's been eight years, and you're like, holy cow, this isn't going to be, like, it's not just going to be, like, event, event, event. It's There's going to be time between these things, which is going to be mm-hmm. interesting, given the, the premise of the story.
1: Yeah, that, that does help move the story along, you know, because it's like, okay, we've told the section that we need for... You know, when the child is born, right now we're moving on. All right, yes. next time they come in contact with each other, then she dies again. We're moving on. You know, yes. so it it does move things along really, really well. I think it's a, a an interesting story um, element. You know, just to to keep your interest and and it, it's obvious. You know, when the story has progressed several years, mm-hmm. one they tell you, but you just know yes. every time she wakes up in the bed that hey, we're we're yeah. in the future. A few know years what's later. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It kind of this story reminds me a little bit of uh Day Tripper. Have you guys ever read that with uh, the oh. Fabio Moon and Gabriel Bá? No, I have not. It's kind of told in that in the same oh. kind of way where there's 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 a a death at the end of each issue that kind of just pushes the story along <laughs> and, and like pushes it to the next thing without a lot of like middle pieces it kind of pushes it right along. All right. Issue 2. Uh, synopsis is that the avatar of death now exists in the mortal world as 20 something Layla star after humanity begins the path to discovering immortality years pass, pass, and Layla unexpectedly meets the boy who will change everything at one of the formative moments in his life. Layla must decide what she truly wants for him and how far these revelations will push her. So, yeah,
1: I think that's kind of like the interesting, you know, conundrum that she has. Like, does she just kill this kid so great. she can get her job back? Or does she let things play out? And which way yeah. is she going to be happier? And, and you know, not to spoil anything, but she runs into him again. So we know if she didn't kill him at this point, right? Yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we Otherwise find it's only been a two
1: issue series. It <laughs> would have been a real,
0: real short one. <laughs> we find out that the kid's name is Darius. He's now eight years old. Um, and he has, uh, run away from home and he, uh, he befriends this, uh, this guy, uh, who does yard work, uh, for his, cause his, his family has money, I guess. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so he, he befriends this guy that does the yard work at his, his, uh, parents home and, uh, and really kind of gets close to him. Doesn't he, He's in at eight years old, learning about the hierarchy of people, the pe- the people who uh, in the working class, and what this guy is not allowed to do versus what his family can, what foods he can eat, and all of that. And uh, so the uh, the kid learns about that as well as death, uh, as this guy passes away. If I remember right, Bardham,
1: Bardham, Bardham, Bard Bardham, Bar- Bard yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Barden, yeah.
0: And, uh, and
1: Indian caste system. Yep.
0: Yes. yes. And I do uh, remember that from school (laughs) (laughs) and, and at his funeral, uh, which is on the beach, uh, the, our Darius is sitting at the, on the beach and Layla comes up to him and has a conversation with him, uh, and kind of talks through, uh, the Darius's mourning of, of Bardem and, uh, and so then Layla as as Darius leaves, Layla gets pulled into the water uh by vengeful spirits and uh dies again <laughs> and then she wakes up again, uh brought back to life by her same friend, not pariah uh, param <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's twelve years later
2: so I thought there was a good i thought they represented the the indian version of racism really well with this caste system you know Barden was not he darius wasn't allowed to go to the funeral because that would have been inappropriate um for a boy from a family of that status and it um yeah it was it was i thought it was pretty well done
1: of course it wouldn't be racism it would be what would no, it it be, be financial it would so right for, yeah yeah whatever the, financial is you know, it classism is that what the classism class, would probably yeah, be a good right, better yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> not All right.
1: to get that picky you know with your mind no yeah you're right Cause i would because I, I would never do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> i just didn't have the right word but you're right it's more about class class discrimination yeah
0: all right. On uh, issue three, more years have passed when Layla Starr, the now mortal reincarnation of the Avatar of Death, once again crosses paths with the future creator of immortality. This time at a party where the young man will have a, lo- a life-altering experience that will shape him for years to come. Will Layla change his path in this one night, or the other way, or the other way around? I had a hard time with this issue. I I kind of got lost in it a little bit. I don't know if it was. The the cloudy narration, Uh, (laughs) but well,
2: when they personified the cigarette, it just that took me out of it. I'm like, (laughs) for and that was the vantage point of this issue too, was all from the cigarette, and I thought, okay, that's been a little bit too clever, but (laughs) it's my least favorite issue of the five.
0: (laughs) Right, absolutely. So we see we see Darius at, at 20 years old. And uh he's at a party and he's being broken up with by his girlfriend. Um, and then he is feeling uh that um uh, what's the, he's kind of just brokenhearted about the whole thing and is up on a roof and runs into Layla, right? And uh and then they discuss the the girlfriend breaking up with him and in the midst of this uh he also has a friend that has, has passed. Um, and is that meant to be Bardem that he's talking about? Or is this something else that I kind of missed in the story? Because he says his best friend died. And then he said, my girlfriend broke up with me and she said, which one? <laughs> which one is it? Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's, I didn't
1: think it was Bardem. I thought it was. No, it's mother. it's Zaf or
2: whatever he is. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there is another another friend and oh yeah because they talk about the building that is being mm-hmm. burnt down and he was in it and 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 they're kind of being riots in the streets right yeah. yeah yeah
2: that's how I took it
0: okay and uh, and so after that we we see that um, when Layla dies in in the in the building that they're having the party in there's a cigarette that the cigarette that is throughout the story gets thrown and presumably starts the fire, which is thrown by Darius <laughs> thrown by Darius <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and she dies in the building and then is woken again, 16 years later. Yeah.
2: I I love the panel where Prana, the God of life, <laughs> where they're talking, he offers her a cigarette. And she's like, uh, <laughs> no, <That's laughs> <kill people. laughs> those yeah. things will kill you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She is pretty light about her her many deaths. She she just kind of yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. so is it so the time between she dies and the conversations with Prana when she's resurrected, she's like in limbo all that time? Is I guess that... so, yeah. Yep. That's
0: the way I took it. Interesting. Mhm. Huh. That, that she's just a floating soul, I guess, of 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 death that's just kind of floating around waiting to be reincarnated i guess yeah
2: right all right and uh,
0: yeah Off this one was my <laughs> this one was my my least favorite i don't and and, and it might be because of the narration was kind of in a weird spot yeah harder to follow um all right so issue four the mortal incarnation of death, Layla Starr, must confront the cruel nature of her role in the universe when she once again encounters the future creator of immortality who is drawing ever closer to his destiny. Layla finds it increasingly difficult to divert the man from his path who this time recognizes her but and, and what she is as he is now driven by the grief from a terrible tragedy. So at the end of issue three um she's given a an address to go uh visit uh Darius and so now she is going to track him down and she ends up in this temple uh and the temple has its own is also its own uh has its own voice uh i don't know what the the right word it's, is there. it's
2: also personified somehow yes. the temple is yeah
0: yeah, and so it and it's kinda,
1: the, the last Chinese temple in India, I think. If right.
0: Yeah, correctly. Correct. Yeah. And the and the temple tells the story of this man who was around when the temple was first built. Who comes to see him every day, opens up the temple and leaves it unlocked for everyone to see, make sure that it's clean. And uh, the the man has not come by today, and so the temple asks for Layla to go check and see if the man is okay. So she, uh, says that she will, but, uh, doesn't actually go do that. She goes to see Darius instead. And when she goes to find Darius's house, she sees that there are, uh, it's kind of a wreck. There's photos everywhere, newspaper clippings. Um, and we see Darius walk in and he's disheveled and he, uh, recognizes her and, and, and notices that she is the person that was in the building that, uh, in however many years it was 16 years or so ago and puts together that she was also the person that was at the beach when he was, uh, much younger and that she hasn't aged at all and confronts her about that. So, um, she says that she used to be a God and, uh, that she has taken on this body of Layla and, uh, she wants to talk to him about, uh, about why she's there, what her purpose is. Uh, but he wants to know why she keeps bringing death every time that he sees her. And that there are all these important people in his life that have passed away around the same time that she shows up. And, uh, and during all of that confrontation, uh, she, then, uh, he, he starts to, to come at her, uh, frustrated because we find out that his wife has just died. Um, and before she has shown up and then his son walks in and uh, and kind of shuts down the whole thing, and she runs away uh, from the situation, gets out of there as fast as she can, goes to the temple, uh, breaks the news to the temple that she thinks that the man that visits the temple has died, and she uh, stays the night at the temple per the temple's request. And the temple co- uh, just uh, there's flooding in in the in there, and the temple. Uh, is ruined and she dies in the in the flood so we have layla once again being brought back and it is now 28 years later yeah if i
1: hadn't i hadn't noticed the first time reading this that she had come back immediately after the death of somebody i guess that's how dense i was whenever i was reading through this the first time Yeah, it it uh, it was some type of death that triggered her coming back at that
0: point Oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: And
2: yeah, exactly. And that's what. Oh, tick- okay.
0: So I'm not the only one who's dead. Nope. Okay. Oh, well, good, I knew there was a connection. Right. Yeah. But I couldn't yeah. figure out what the connection was. I was like, Oh, yeah, he is right. There is. She's definitely bringing death, but yeah. how? Why of it? Yeah. But. but it's not. It's not
1: that she caused the death. She returns after the death. Yes. Right. But, Bench- yeah. Okay.
2: But Darius, he's he's connecting it to. Mm. He's making he believes that she's the cause not yeah, the well, in his
1: grief. Right. That's when she shows up, right. but it's already after the death. Yes.
2: So. Right. Right. Yeah. I like this issue probably the best.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree.
2: Had a nice scene here where the, the pantheon of gods, the Hindu gods are kind of talking about what's going on down there with her. And, you know, it's just, uh, honestly, that's one of my favorite parts is just watching these these deities interact, mm-hmm. and you know they're it's kind of like the Greek gods. You know they're they're gods, but yet they're just basically super powered individuals and uh, that live on a higher plane. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. All right, issue five, last issue. Uh, what will Layla Starr do when she f- is when she's finally given the chance to resume the mantle of death? Finding herself back in the world, Layla searches out Darius and discovers that for the first time she will be witnessing the death of someone close to her. When they are both given a chance at immortality, their individual decisions lead to a surprising and touching series finale. So we see that Layla is, uh, has... Well, no, not yet. Sorry. Uh, we see a bunch of kids that are uh, kind of taking care of a an animal. Uh, I think it's a dog uh, that is as has come down ill, and they they bring it to this old man who is known in the neighborhood for taking in strays and uh, and nursing them back to health. This man is Darius. He's much older, and we see that Layla has arrived in town, and she is going to. Visit him, so it's a kind of a side by side of Layla on her way to Darius, as uh, Darius is playing veterinarian to the uh, the sick animal the kid has brought by. So as the as he's having the kid leave, uh, we see that Layla is has arrived at Darius's house, and he is ready for her. He even apologizes for the way that he acted the last time they met, when he was very frustrated that she was the bringer of death uh, to his life. And so they get to talking about, uh, everything that's happened over that time. And she explains, you know, I even tried to kill you when you were a baby. And he's walked through all kind of walked through the steps of his life, kind of retracing everything that they've, they've been through essentially together over time. And, uh, she says, you know, I was, I was here to, to stop you from creating immortality because you were, getting rid of my job. And he goes, I created it 10 years ago. What do you do? You know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing that I, you know, I, I didn't do anything with it. And you've made this whole big deal about this whole thing. And she's like, you're kidding me. And, um, <laughs> so he's, he's sick and on his deathbed. And his only big regret is that he has gone, grown estranged from his son. And, uh, so as he is nearing death and she is, she spends that time with him to kind of be his, His kind of, I don't know, his, his, his last person to kind of spend time with. And since they've had this lifetime and, um, he has eventually calls his son to spend the last kind of moments with him and tells Layla to take the box with immortality in it, um, away. And so she, uh, chooses not to use it for anything. He chooses not to use it for anything Uh, and Darius dies and she sends immortality off into the ocean. Uh, and that's the end of the story.
1: I don't, I mean, the, the ending is, I mean, it definitely wraps things up, you know, and, uh, Feels so like a complete, a complete story. Yeah. Doesn't really feel like there's anything left hanging or anything like that. You know, right. I'm not. Ex- we're not expecting sequels to this book. So. No, I don't think <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I thought it was a solid ending to a, you know, a fairly fairly solid story. Um, I guess you know this this last appearance of her differs from the others because the other four times, somebody's uh, death in Darius's life is what causes Layla to come back. But now it's a death in Layla's wife that causes her to meet beat with Darius. I guess it's a little bit different here in that uh, in this yeah. last issue than what it was in the previous the previous four. So oh, I was like point. I was flipping back through and it's like, okay, where's the death that triggers her return? Because she always before she returns after the death, not before, but yes. This time it's before. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: On the, uh, I want to say the fourth or fifth page in this issue, we have the, um, she's getting into a car, and I just, I want to, I want to say something redeeming about the the artwork, and that is I like the way this Andrade uh, made her hair so flowing, I mean, and so long, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she always had that sort of midriff half shirt. Uh, no matter what her incarnation was. I thought that was cool. Um, Yeah, I thought this wrapped up really well. I I, I mean, it wasn't surprising. It's not like this was groundbreaking, mind-blowing, you know, deep, deep, deep stuff, but it was still very, just very well done. And you could imagine, you you knew that shoebox was not going to be open to see what the secret to immortality was. You knew something like it, you know, you you weren't surprised when you you seen her put it out into the ocean to float away. Yeah. But they're just you, Ram Ram V is a good writer. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is good writing. Um. So. And I haven't seen I've read some of his stuff in the mainstream books, but it didn't blow me away like this does. Agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I mean, there's a lot of really good like people like writers who handle their own stuff superbly but as soon as they handle something mm-hmm. that is that is in the big 2 it just kind of it's, it leaves you lacking a little bit i thought like a lot of jeff Lemire's stuff does that i love his yeah. his work but mm-hmm. when he's writing for somebody else it's just like it's okay it gets it gets through the story but that's about it
1: yeah right well if two. you're a, if you if you are a creator owned if you have a creator owned property you're going to save your best stuff for the stuff that you own and your secondary stuff is going to the people mm-hmm. who are just paying you for the use of it
0: you know yeah yeah so. yeah
2: this book could have a sequel but i think it would be more of a prequel i thought <laughs> they might explore other gods in this hindu yeah. group of gods you know it might not be a direct um layla star or or um uh, i already thought of i already forgot the the goddess's name um, not Vishnu. no, the whatever the god of death is that we talked Shiva, about, the Shiva, yeah. Um, it may not be about her, maybe about one of the other gods, but I still see there, yeah. With any story, there's possibilities.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, we ready to grade we'll it? Rate it, yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll go first. I think you guys are going to be higher than me, okay. Um, so I am giving this a fine 6.0. Uh, primarily because it's on that borderline. It's not something that I could tell just anybody. Yeah, you should read this. Um, I think for a very specific audience, somebody who is not into superheroes or somebody who is, you know, they know who Ram V is from other things, and it would be a strong recommendation uh, for them. But just for your your average reader, I, I don't think that I would, you know, say, Hey, I'll go out and spend your money on this. Mm. Um, but, but for something, I'm the, I don't re and I don't regret having read it. I think it's good. Um, but it's not something I feel like I want to go buy and put on my shelf or anything like that either. So, so I'm at a six Oh fine. I'll go
2: next because I, this was uh Shad's pick. I'll, I want to say a seven, five verifying minus minus. I think it's it's not something I'd probably buy and put on the shelf like you said, Scott. But I I did enjoy it, and I think the credit here is that it the story was the book was good, not because of the art, but 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 despite my first <laughs> aversion to it, and maybe that's just I'm a little bit more maybe i'm just i'm indoctrinated to these house styles for too long you know Mm -hmm. and you do have to kind of like break out and see um see what other styles of art can do for the storytelling so um it's it's more i think it's more of a it, it tells more about me as the reader than the artist so seven five very fine minus
0: i uh i would go with i'd, I'd give it a 9.0 very fine near man that's wow, my okay. <laughs> that's uh i would reread this which i i guess it seems to be my my like why it, the higher it gets is like would you reread it and I'd, mm-hmm. i definitely would hit this one again i love the art style on this I'd, i definitely i'm gonna look up this uh this felipe uh i think that was his name andrade mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh check out his stuff i'd I didn't know what to expect because I had read some Ram V stuff and I was like, this is going to be the, the test of like whether I like this dude or not. And uh, so I'm very pleasantly surprised with how, how well the the story read. Um, and maybe that's uh, why it's, it's bounced up a little bit higher too is just like, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and was really surprised by it. But yeah, I, I, I ate this one up and it's probably, might be of the of the things we've read this year uh as as a show like this might be one of my favorite things we've done uh, that's
2: something we should do sometime. Is go back
0: right not our like ratings. talk
2: about the best books of the year but the best books that we've reviewed of yeah. the year, what our favorites were
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh okay all right
1: okay now i got a question for you shad because yeah because you definitely have the the strongest the, the art appeals to you more than yes mike and i right so what do you think of like okay the artist that as I'm looking to this the artist that kept coming in my mind was Trad Moore. I don't know if you know who Trad Moore is yes. otherwise. Yeah. Life. Okay. So what do you think about Trad Moore's art style and how it compares to this?
0: I've never read like I've never read a Trad Moore book, but I've seen okay. Trad Moore artwork and okay. uh, and I like it. It definitely okay. uh it's it's something I I'm interested in. Like I really want to read that that new Doctor Strange book just to see like what what that's about because of the the use of colors and the weird shapes and that is just like oh okay what's that going to be like Does okay see cool? because
1: now I do I say I like this artwork significantly more than I like okay. Brad Moore's artwork because um, like I read Silver Surfer I think it was Silver Surfer Black if I okay, remember yeah it was was the series that he did and man it is just so. Rough. And it, I guess the thing to me is, okay, whether you like the artwork here in the Many Deaths of, of Layla Starr or not, it's consistent. That's what and I was going like to say. Trad yeah. Moore is not very mm-hmm. consistent with it, with his art style. Still, it's better than I can do. I, and I assume he can draw r- normal as in addition to that <laughs> overly stylized. Um, but I was I was just kind of curious about your take on because that's pretty pretty out there. I think. It's yeah, not, and.
0: I think the word inconsistent would definitely be a way that I would describe the Tradmore art that I've seen. It's just like it doesn't, and like would it? As sometimes, if if the writing's not good enough, mm-hmm. if the artwork's not going to support the consistency wise on that, like that, I could see that totally falling apart on something like that. It's it's a lot like uh, back in the '80s, like Bill Sienkiewicz who he had kind of a pretty
1: standard art style Mm -hmm. then in moon Knight and new mutants he got really really weird and for me it was hard to look at um you know and i know that's when a lot of people really they got into bill sinkovich it was whenever i was like stepping back (laughs) i know this is just too it's like you're just putting lines and and yeah
2: I think he was good for covers. I, I didn't really like to read the interiors if he had okay. a whole story.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's, you know, that's probably what a lot of it was. Because, so, yeah, I mean, he was one of the early just cover artists, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess we're uh, we're Shaking wrapping that. things up here. We want to do a CLZ shake. And unless you guys got something else you want to talk about.
2: No, I think we can do the shake shake.
1: Okay. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Looks like you're locked and loaded. Okay. All right. So... Let's see, I got to get my, I can't see us all, so I got to get here to see if you can see my phone or not in the, uh, Mm -hmm. okay, so there it is. Oh, surprise, surprise. Oh, at least it's a different series. Okay, so this is uh, Silver Surfer, uh, Volume 4. This is Parable. This is the uh, Stanley Mobius. So Mobius is the French artist. So they had a two-issue series, uh, again, written by Stanley, art by Mobius. basically i'll just read the plot because it's right here galactus has returned earth but this time with a very different approach which endears him to the people will norm be able to save humanity in spite of in spite of itself so i really think this is just a. I, I have this in my collection because i like silver surfer this was one of the earlier uh silver surfer stories this started just prior to the um the longer run that eventually had starlin and the return of thanos and and Ron Lim art it so Ron Lim art on it. So this is kind of what I went back and picked up. Plus, with it only being two issues, it wasn't that hard to follow. Um, most people, I don't really remember <laughs> any story points about this issue. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really, it's not really considered part of Marvel continuity, though. It was kind of its own, uh, its own thing at the time. So mm-hmm. was, I really think it was just a chance for stanley to work with mobius i think it's what year did it. it come out so it came out in 88 88 okay yeah so that might actually mean it was the it was later than and this may just be one particular that that's almost like a two issue like trade or something that i have not um oh i got it by all comics here so i'm trying to think when the first issue was silver surfer the second volume was because that's yeah you know, that's because that was what I say eighty eight and mm-hmm. the regular series was well that was volume three so this was after huh I guess because it was just a two issue series it had its own mm-hmm. volume number so
2: yeah anyway well, even I, though it was only two issues it had its own volume. hmm Yep. <laughs> What's what's the big was it the dance slot run that was so dance slot
1: Mike Allred yeah that that's yeah. volume seven <laughs> wow to give you, yeah uh, that came out in 2014 so I heard like, that, that, that was
2: fantastic yeah that
1: that is and uh, yeah it's it's something I need to return uh, like, I think it's like 24 issues so. Um, and uh it's a yeah amazing ending so
2: (laughs) yeah we need yeah that's another idea there you go so
0: all right who's next go ahead shed okay shake shake land Mm -hmm. of the living gods oh land of the living gods number one from aftershock comics oh (laughs) oh no (laughs) uh this is (laughs) right This is, uh, uh, written by Isaac, uh, Manga Jane and artist is Santos. Uh, this, the art, the Santos guy, um, is really good at, He's doing another book through AfterShot called Samurai Doggy right now, uh, which is <laughs> also really good. Uh, but this is, uh, this just came out earlier this year and, uh, it was a really, uh, cool book about this uh this girl who lives in this uh kind of deserted city who uh the the world is deserted by the gods and she has to go uh find out where the gods move to so that she can convince them to come back and uh and pay attention to their city and bring life back to it so pretty good pretty good little story there it's like a five issue mini something like that
1: all right, can you right. hit a mini series this time, Mike, to keep it consistent? Since Shad and I both have mini series. Oh, no,
2: let's see. Uh, I did actually change the skin
1: towards where darker, and you dark
2: can actually—it's not a big white glare. So.
0: Okay, hey,
1: yeah. Uh, maybe we'll be able to tell what it is this time.
0: If, if it your lets video is
1: yeah.
0: We're upgrading. I also decided to use my filter to just show me the ones that I've read, so that I can actually talk about them.
1: Oh, well, cool. that's cheating. Oh, you we have, have an anniversary say, issue here.
2: so i got uh batman volume one issue 200 an anniversary not a (laughs)
0: miniseries not a a miniseries it's a very long
2: miniseries (laughs) if um it's the first one
1: that's got like the purple in the background the purple circles and stuff
2: uh no it's got it's basically got a background of a lot of different previous covers in batman and it's (laughs) yeah you might have to look it up uh online but it's the first work neil adams did on batman was in this book
0: oh okay
2: and i can't that's it
1: it's got their it's got covers like nine covers yeah
2: right yeah i thought you said circles no purple yeah Oh, purple yeah yeah that's yeah yeah okay yeah the 200th issue it's kind of weird that it randomly picked that but it's uh i've never read this (laughs) <laughs> What's that?
1: That's randomness for you.
2: It is, yeah. Uh I never read it but it's got I'm sure being an anniversary issue um it's it's it's, it's I'm not surprised that it has these uh the characters or the villains of Penguin and Scarecrow and Joker um three of the big ones in the silver age um that were starring in it. So I'm going to have to make a point to pull this out because of the of the shake. I can't talk about a plot because um, I haven't read it and it's not on my app here. So that's the best I can do. <laughs> that's all right. And hey, that's
1: part of it. We're just talking about what's in our collection and explain yeah. that. So that's, that's part of it. So, all right. Uh, Shad, do you have any clue what episode will be
0: next? Because I'm not <laughs> sure that I do. Well, uh, if we're going, if everything goes according to plan, uh, our next episode will be episode 150, and we will be covering the full series of Demon Knights, as well as Black Panther Wakanda Forever.
1: Okay, so actually, yes, because this is 149 that we're recording now, yeah. so I'm going to wait and post this until after I post 148, the Black Adam <laughs> Secret Invasion episode. Yes. Is that right? <laughs> Okay, yeah. I'm glad somebody knows what's going on here, because <laughs> I sure as heck don't, and I really, really botch that, so.
0: <laughs> That's all right. We get through it.
1: That's right. Okay, all right. So, uh, Mike, somebody wants to reach out to you and say, what is that URL for your podcast?
2: <laughs> Man, it, that is the first time I've been, I, I, I'm, I'm, I cannot <laughs> believe I've been pronouncing it URL as Earl. But I bet there's other people that do that.
1: I'm sure that there probably are. Do you know what URL stands for?
2: uh, Universal something
1: language. (laughs) Resource locator. Yeah, that too. Okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's actually uniform resource locator, actually. Mm -hmm. But I'd have to double check myself. I might
2: be thinking of USB. (laughs) Or as I say, USB yeah <laughs> so is it is it gif or jif
1: i say jif i believe the creator says jif as well he does. So he passed yeah. away okay um but yeah other people say gif because it's a hard g because of graphics i just think jif sounds better okay
2: so. <laughs> all right so i think you were asking me yeah, um, if somebody wanted to talk to you about that podcast. About how to how to pronounce the URL. There you go. They can do that at m.atchison nine zero at gmail.com, or you can make it public for the whole world to see and embarrass me um, on Twitter at MikeAtchison5.
0: Shad, <laughs> what about you? Uh you can find me on Facebook at Shad Schubert. That's S-H-A-A-D-S-C-H-U-B-E-R-T.
1: And I'm Scott Reed. You can find me at BergComics.com, B-U-R-G Comics. That's where there'll be links to all my social media pages and eBay store and Instagram and all that fun stuff. And we'll be back uh, soon with uh, episode 150 and maybe, possibly, an announcement. Teaser. Teaser. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Four, four issues left to to wrap it up but for the whole 24 issues yeah. yeah I'll probably have time to read it again I might have to skim it again because I think I I don't know if I fell asleep reading it in the first half like I am I know what's going on more in like the, this back half I, I feel like I've got a better grasp of it but the <laughs> front half I was I don't know if I just wasn't used to the characters yet and so I didn't know like who Xanadu was versus the uh the ex sister whatever her name is yeah. Yeah. the yeah. Amazon it's, The ambulance. she's significantly larger than Xanadu and the horse woman yeah she's always on the horse <laughs> 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 I, mean, I can not figure out why they why called her the horse woman because she wouldn't tell, wouldn't tell her name she wouldn't tell her, <laughs> her name <laughs> <laughs> I'm being okay. right. Why do they call her Horsewoman? Maybe because she's on the horse. <laughs> they were all riding horses for a while, so I was like, I don't know what the difference is between this one and the other one. <laughs> True. We'll save it for later, but the person, the character most out of character was Vandal Savage. I think so. Oh, yes. Yes, it's, he's not. I mean, this is a character that's spanned all the way from the Golden Age to the present. Yeah. And this is, this is more like a Cohen, the barbarian version of him, which is okay because it was the new Fifty Two, but yes. it took me a while to shake off that. Wait, this doesn't seem right. But he mm. was, you know, self-serving through the entire time, you know, and eh, yeah, but he's also way more generous. I mean, I mean and right. if he was generous, and, and if it was to his advantage, you know, he, yeah. made it, you know, he, would, he would play both sides against each other. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, well, yeah, we got to the
0: part where he torches, tortures tortures uh, Jason Blood for a decade. So oh. <laughs> Blood probably deserves it. <laughs>